education improves everybody. As you bring others with you and help them with their successes, that makes you more successful as well. And so holding things close to the vest or not sharing doesn't help you at all. And it only limits what you get back from those that you're engaging with. The fact that I can help other people understand and do better makes me better. And so that's really what it's about for me. Welcome to Lawyers Who Lead, a podcast that challenges the notion that the law lags behind. I'm your host, Sigal Barnes. Each week, I invite a lawyer who's making powerful changes through extraordinary leadership. In each episode, we'll travel through another lawyer's life, identify what they do best, and then devise how to apply these concepts to your own world. So let's get to it. Welcome to Lawyers Who Lead. I'm your host, Sigal Barnes. This episode is a special edition episode. I just arrived back from another amazing meeting at the Association for Continuing Legal Education, also known as ACLIA. This, by the way, for anyone who's not familiar, is a conference that occurs twice a year and is the place to be for great minds responsible for the education, training, and professional development of lawyers around the world. Joining us is a long-term leader and the new president of ACLIA. She is also the director of MCLE and professional development at the American Bar Association. Please welcome Gina Roars Lamont. Gina, welcome to the show. Thanks. It's great to be here. For all of our listeners, I'm just going to be real right now that Gina is one of my favorite people at Aglio, and I hang out with her every time I go. And so it's a real honor to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. We've known each other for a long time, and I've enjoyed every one of those years. Well, thank you. So, Gina, let's hop right in. When did you first become involved in Aglio? I know I'm dating myself a little bit, but I've been involved with Aglio since 2004 joined a long time ago with the company that I previously worked for and have been involved in CLE for a long time now. How did your journey to becoming president of ACLIA happen? Well, I mean, it really did start with just getting involved in volunteering with ACLIA. And I think that's something that anyone who's interested in, in getting more involved can do. We're a volunteer-run organization, and we rely on the folks that are members to become involved and to contribute to the organization itself. And so I started volunteering as a speaker and started speaking for some of our conferences, got more involved in joining some of the six and committees. And one of the first ones I was really involved with was our online learning community. You know, that was a new trend back in the early days. We were starting to do that in our own shops and thought we could be leaders and show other organizations how to do what we were doing ourselves. We created the online learning committee and started to do some of those types of programming for our members, as we do for the attorneys that we support in our own educational programs at our shops. Through that committee involvement, through leadership and volunteering for some of those types of positions, became involved with the EC which is our executive committee, which sort of runs ACLIA, and then became an officer. And the way that we do it here at ACLIA is it's sort of a progression. It's great to have that continuity of leadership and you get the experience and you understand sort of the longer term strategy and plans of the organization. You start out as the secretary and then move into treasurer and then president elect. And this year I am lucky enough to be president. So I'm excited about this year and what's to come. Me too. And one of the things that really stood out to me in your speech when you addressed ACLIA in Vancouver was this discussion about the creation of community and a huge focus on community at ACLIA. Yeah, it's something I'm very, very passionate about. I have been called aggressively friendly in the past. And again, I'm fairly certain the person who said it 
didn't necessarily mean it as a compliment, but I absolutely took it as one. When I first started with Aclia, the community was a little bit less welcoming and that was not intentional. I think it was a growth of the fact that we get together twice a year at our live conferences for our annual and for our mid-year. And over time, these become your friends. It's more than just colleagues and work people who understand what you're doing from that. You develop these really strong friendships with these people. And because you come back year after year, the click sort of formed naturally because, hey, you're so excited to see the people that you hadn't seen for six months. So that if you were new to that and you didn't necessarily have someone who had been involved with acne in the past to sort of bring you into the fold, it was a little more challenging, I think, to get involved. So over the years, we really have worked to minimize those challenges. We wanted to be welcoming and open and engage members from the beginning. So we were looking at our onboarding process. We were looking at ways that people could get involved in those volunteer opportunities and making that easier for folks. Because of how much I've gained from Aclia over the years, I want everyone to have that same positive experience. I am the biggest proselytizer for Aclia. I am here to break people into the folds. Everyone I talk to about continuing education, if they're on that provider side, I make sure they know about Aclia because we're a really large community in continuing legal education. There are literally thousands of people who do what we do. But those who create impactful education, those who are looking to create education that's going to have the biggest impact on our audiences, are looking for ways to improve themselves. If you want to put something into this, you're going to get that same thing back out of it. And Aclia is really a way for you to help build your own professional development to do what you do better. And so the more we can bring folks into this community and again, really build it as a community where people support one another, that's really what my passion is about. And I think that the more of our members do get involved and bring others along with them, the better we will all be in the long run. I agree. And I love that for you. Aggressive friendliness. Yep. Now this year, it's going to be aggressive inclusiveness. I love it. I would say from personal experience that it isn't the easiest to come into a place, regardless of the organization where you know no one, and make those connections and the relationships. And when you have people like yourself that really, truly embrace and include people, it really does enrich the community at large. True leadership is not just focusing on the people you know or the people that exist in the industry today, but thinking deeply about the future generations so that the profession continues to thrive and improve. And I think that that's something that is really deeply embedded in who you are. And we're going to see a lot of that in your leadership in the next year. So thank you and continue with this because it's fantastic. As if you could stop me. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. So we just left Aclia a little bit over a month and a half ago. If you can just share with our listeners the biggest insights that you gained from Aclia in Vancouver. It was a terrific conference. It was great to see so many people live in person. Not as many as we had hoped. You know, there were still a lot of challenges from a travel perspective and organizations having their own challenges with budgets and staffing and all the other things that continue to be an impact of COVID and the changing times. But really great group of folks who got together in Aclia. I thought the conference content was terrific. They have to give it to the planning committee and all of the great work that they did to bring that together for us. There were several sessions that were very impactful and that I definitely took away things to incorporate into some of the processes and 
policies we have at our office. There was a terrific session on accessibility. Really, the biggest insight I took away from that session particularly was talk with the folks who are asking for this accessibility and find out what works for them, right? It's not about the solutions that you want to put in place. It's about the solutions that they need and what will work best for them. So some really great insights and thoughtful presentation by those presenters. There was a really interesting session on QR codes. I'm a technology kind of both a junkie and a novice. I like the technology, but I'm not particularly at the forefront of like finding new things and creating new plans to incorporate that into what we do. And I thought the QR codes one had some really simple takeaways that you could implement right away that are not particularly complex. So just a lot of really terrific content. One of the things I think that I get from Ackley every time we get together is this idea that I'm not alone, right? We're all in this. We're all having the same types of issues, having the opportunity to talk with other people who are going through those same challenges and get their insights on what's working and just talking through some of those things. The side conversations that you have, a lot of unexpected and really beneficial outcomes from those. What I've always loved about the way that you interact with others at these conferences is that you're very much an open book about the things that you're focusing on and how you think about things. And, you know, not everyone's like that. Like some people are really close to the vest about the things that they're doing and don't want to share too much. And you've never been that kind of person. Tell me, where do you think that comes from? I think that part of that is my parents, they stressed education. My dad is a teacher. Even though I went into law, ended up in education anyways, my dad takes that as some kind of proud moment for himself that my sister is an actual teacher. And then I do education as well. The idea that education improves everybody My parents have always encouraged us to be open and sharing. As you bring others with you and help them with their successes, that makes you more successful as well. And so holding things close to the vest or not sharing doesn't help you at all. And it only limits what you get back from those that you're engaging with. I remember early on in my career at ACLEA, I was preparing for a presentation And I was working on my slides and I was actually on the phone with my mom and she's like, why are you telling these people how to do what you do? I'm like, yeah, that's not what Ackley is like, though. We do tend to share. We do tend to, again, it's not secret sauce, right? It's not like something that we all couldn't eventually get to. But the fact that I can help other people understand and do better makes me better. And so that's really what it's about for me. What is one thing you would change about the way attorneys are educated? I think it would be better if we were more thoughtful about how we create content. I know that a lot of times content gets created, at least in organizations like the American Bar Association or organizations where you use volunteer speakers and program planners. Someone has an idea of something that they want to talk about, and that's how content gets created. They come to you with this idea for programming. And that's not a bad way because a lot of times The folks who are speaking for us are those experts. They're thinking about these issues that are important to other attorneys. That can create some really good content. But where is our gap analysis? Where is our understanding of what do attorneys really need and making sure we're creating content to fill those spaces? I don't think we do that enough. Part of it is a resource issue. Part of it is gap analysis can be very difficult, right? I don't think attorneys are particularly self-aware in understanding their gaps and their needs. They don't want to admit, I don't know everything. They don't want to admit they need a basic understanding of something. They want to take an intermediate or advanced class. So as we're looking at creating good education that fills the needs of our audiences, 
more analysis of what those needs really would be helpful. It's a goal. Certainly, we're a long way from that because of those challenges that I spoke of. What is your vision for continuing legal education in the future? Speaking of insights that came out of Vancouver, Kareem Gurgis had his presentation. He was talking about what sort of the future of education is generally, not specifically legal, but this idea of a virtual world in which we're taking programs. You know, one of the things Kareem was talking about was the fact that his kids will meet with other people in these environments and go to concerts together. That speaks to where education could go. I mean, if it really is about engaging with one another, you don't have to be in the same room anymore to do that. And that's really interesting from an educational perspective to see where that might lead. Yeah. And I know I'm asking you to speculate right now, but like, I wonder how the regulators will respond to something like that, especially because you can see the person, you can see everyone else around you, you can hear every question that comes in. So it's an interesting concept. And I wonder how and whether the regulators are thinking about that right now. Yeah, I think that's really a great point because the regulators have their hands tied quite a bit as well. They don't get to make the rules. The rules are promulgated by the courts. And so they just have to enforce them. So while they may see the value of or they may say, hey, that's a great way of learning and we think it should qualify for credit, if the rules don't reflect it or don't give them any kind of leeway in order to let that happen, there's nothing they can do about it. It was probably 15 years ago now, 12, 15 years ago, when I worked at the company I previously worked for, we created these really engaging gamification in content. And so there was a scenario that you ran through as someone who was interacting with the game where you saw a little video that set up a scenario. And so you were interacting with the characters, you were interacting with the environment. And we had demoed this program for about a dozen regulators. And they all thought, this was great. This is exactly what should be happening. It's a great learning experience. You could measure how effective that learning was. Not a single one of them would have been allowed to accredit that program. Unfortunately, right now, the way that credit works is it's strictly time-based. You're sitting in front of a computer listening to a lecture, or you're in a live room with a presentation that goes on for X number of minutes, and that's how they measure and give you credit. And until that changes, I think we're going to have some real limitations. Well, next time that we go to Aclia, I'm going to bring my Oculus with me so that you can firsthand see what it could look like to attend an educational seminar in the metaverse. And I get like a lot of joy of seeing people go into the metaverse for the first time or, or use virtual reality, I should say, for the first time. So I'm going to bring it with me. <laughs> I'm excited about that. You just have to make sure I don't fall off any clips. I will make sure you stay safe through the whole thing. What now under your leadership can we expect to see in future meetings? Well, so my hope is really, again, I talk about inclusiveness and community. And so we want to get more people volunteering and more people interacting with one another. We really wanted to create more experiences for people to volunteer at those meetings. So one of the things you'll see is there's an opportunity to be a buddy of somebody who's new if you've been to our conferences before. So you can have somebody who could help maybe walk you through and introduce you to the process and where to go and what to see and what to do. We're looking to have like photographers, right? Somebody to take pictures. Like it's amazing to me as big of a community and as friendly as we are, we're not posting all these pictures that people take with one another and all those type of things in any kind of an official Aclia way. So we're going to start to do that. So the content will continue to be fabulously created by our planning committees. I think they do a great job of that. I don't think there's really a lot of need to change that. But 
let's take the content that they're creating and share it more broadly, make sure people understand what the big takeaways were. And so if you weren't able to attend, you still get some benefit to understanding what happened at those conferences. And then really just building more opportunities for folks to engage with one another. That's my big hope for this next year. Well, thank you, Gina, so much for serving your community in such a passionate and welcoming way. I look forward to seeing you at the next conference. And if anyone wanted to get in touch with you, what's the best way that they can do that? Well, you certainly can email me. The easiest way probably is just email mcle at americanbar.org and they can forward it to me. Otherwise, I have to spell my name and I don't think anyone wants to hear me do that again. So um, (laughs) just send me an email and I'm happy to respond. I love talking about this. You can tell I'm very passionate about this. I'm kind of a geek in this space, but I love talking about it. Thank you, leaders and future leaders, for listening today. We have a new guest every week, so don't forget to join us next week. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe or follow us anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can also follow at Lawyers Who Lead on social. Let's celebrate and continue to build a community of leaders in law together. Lawyers Who Lead is made possible by Lawline, the leading online platform for lawyers who want engaging, relevant CLE and professional growth content. For over 20 years, Lawline has helped hundreds of thousands of attorneys level up by providing award-winning courses in hard-to-find areas and high-demand fields. They have so many courses to choose from that are actually really interesting to listen to and watch. That's why Lawline's rated the highest in the industry with over 1,000 verified reviews on Trustpilot. Lawyers who lead listeners get $100 off Lawline's unlimited annual subscription, which means you can take as many courses as you want for a really good price. Just visit lawline.com slash podcast to get the special offer. Check out Lawline for the best content for leaders and future leaders in legal.